Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. You know, all throughout this year, we marched forward, stepped backwards, and had service, canceled service, had church outside. Uh, we've done about everything online, did just everything we could think of, and probably made a lot of mistakes, but we're still here. Amen? We're still here. Amen? That's what really matters. And and I, I'm so proud of the Sand Hill Church. Um, I'm proud that, that through all of this, may I remind you, we were almost at the end of 2020, amen? Uh, you say, what will 2021 hold? I have no idea. Uh, but we're almost through this. Starting out this year, we would have had no clue what kind of year we were going to have. Uh, but God has been faithful. And I'm, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of the Sandhill Church. All of you watching us online, uh, a, lot of, a lot of our people that haven't come to church have watched every single service, been very, very faithful to watch and, and, and participate and, and be there. And I, and I thoroughly enjoy that. I appreciate that. And to those of you that are home, that are part of our congregation, we just say we love you. As best we can, we're including that you are here with us and hope that, that we'll all be back together soon. But, uh, but thank God we have this media that we can do. Uh, they can do it at home while we're doing it here. So we're thankful for that. And this weekend, I just kind of had a desire. Uh, Call Brother Mike this week, talk to him, Brother Mike Blanton, and, uh, and just explain to him, kind of felt like I owed it to him. And I said, uh, Brother Mike, I said, I, you know, he's having people cancel on him all over, obviously, and they're having a real hard time even keeping a meeting. And, uh, and, I, and I called him and I said, uh, Brother Mike, I said, I, I don't want to cancel on you, but I just want you to know um, we may not have a huge crowd. And he said, brother, I don't care. I just want to come. I just want to come. And, um, you know, all that uh, we've been through this year, I mean, we could, tonight we're going to have a Thanksgiving service uh, and, and just try to get ready for, for Mike and Teresa coming, in all honesty. Um, but, you know, we've tried to figure out through this thing, we, we need to learn the Bible, but there's times we need to be encouraged, and there's times we need to be pushed a little further, and there's times we need to be patted on the back, and all those different things. But, but we've been through a lot, and even over the last few months, we've been through a lot. And so this weekend, just felt like we need to kind of set aside and just uh, uh, kind of encourage all of us and, and get us ready uh, as best we can to just um, thank God for how good He's been to us. Does anybody believe God's been good to us? Do we look back over 2020 and say, man, God really let us down this time? Not at all. He, he has been good to us. And so we want to talk about that this morning and tonight. And uh, if you'll be turning your Bible to Psalms 20, 122, excuse me, and uh, very, very familiar scripture is quoted often. Um, everybody probably knows it, uh, but um, I'd like to dig a little deeper into it this morning and, and see if we can understand uh, what's going on here in Psalms 122. And so if you have your place there, if you're able to stand, we'll just, we'll just read the whole psalm this morning. As you can stand, we'll honor God's word and we'll do our best to, uh, 
to give you what the Lord has given us this morning. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be with thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, I want to thank you for the service that we've had. Thank you for what we've felt. Thank you for the, the people that are here in person. And Lord, I thank you for those that are here with us online. And Lord, I pray you'd speak to every heart. Lord, let us just appreciate what a good God you are. Let us appreciate the church. And Lord, let us be thankful today for what you've given us. I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so, just a real quick, um, some information that I think will help make a lot more sense of this. Uh, if, you're fam- if you uh, are familiar with the book of Psalms, it is actually five books. It is broken down into five books, the book of Psalms is. Starting with uh, Psalms 120, going through Psalm 134, it is called the Psalms of Ascent, or, or sometimes called the Psalms of Degree. Very interesting, uh, and, and this will make a whole lot more sense if you, could just, if you can kind of grasp this. But if you read those Psalms, they're, they're kind of unique. And from Psalms 120 to 134, and it's the Psalms of Ascent. And uh, those were Psalms that were particularly designed for the feast that God had commanded them to, to honor. And when the children of Israel were going up to the feast, they were ascending up to the feast. We'll get into a minute maybe what that means. Uh, they would sing these Psalms and it would remind them how great God is. Amen. It will remind them how great God is. So we, we all know that Psalms are songs. Literally, we could say the book of Psalms is their songbook. It's their hymnal. Someone put it like this. Psalms are scripture that is put to music. So, so these are songs that they are singing uh, that, that would encourage their heart how good God is. You know, I don't know if we really, uh, sometimes I, I wonder if we really understand why we come to church. You know, we come to church and we pray and we, you know, we sing, we do all the things we do. But do you understand that when we sing songs, it's supposed to be gearing our mind to how great God is. Amen. That, that's why we do those songs. It stirs our heart. And so you're sitting there thinking, and all of a sudden they begin to sing, how great is our God? And you say, wow, how great is our God? It, it stirred. Well, that's the same thing that was happening in Psalms. These are songs that stirred their heart, how great God was. So as they're on their way to do celebrate these feasts, they begin to sing uh, these psalms of ascent. Uh, now, there are three thoughts uh, that scholars have that I'd like to share with you what these 
uh, these uh, psalms are used for. Again, we have 15 psalms here. And, and so some say that possibly when they were going up to the temple, when they were literally climbing the steps, uh, going in to make sacrifice to God, if you will, going into the house, they would sing these psalms of ascent. That makes sense. They were ascending up the steps and they were singing these songs. Now, if you could visualize that for a minute, you have all of the tribes of Israel, literally hundreds of thousands of people coming together and singing these psalms as they're going up to the temple to worship God. Amen? That's pretty exciting. There's another thought that says maybe it was ascending up the mountain to go up to Jerusalem uh, to worship God. So the same exact principle. You have all of these people of Israel and they're walking up the mountain. As they're walking up the mountain, they begin to sing these songs. They begin to get excited because they know when they get to the top of the hill, that's where God's at. Amen? And then there's another thought that says uh, that, that this was the ascending back after they had been in captivity. They were, they were taken captive to Babylon and to Assyria. And they, we know that they returned back to Jerusalem after being out for a long time. And can you imagine how excited they were when they were ascending up to there? They've been out of, the, out of Israel for many, many years. And now they're coming back and now they're going up to Jerusalem to worship God. You say, which one of those is right? I think they all make sense. I think they all make sense. Now, just to clarify, um, we know that when David wrote this psalm, because this is a psalm of David, we know that when he wrote there was no temple, right? So there was a tabernacle. Uh, we know that the, the exile had not yet happened. They had not been taken into captivity. That would happen many years later. But this, if you look at this, particularly the end of this psalm, it is prophetic because it is ref- referencing uh, the, the, the reign of Christ. Um, John MacArthur said, I thought this was rather uh, interesting, but John MacArthur said that the irony of the fact, the name Jerusalem, that name, it literally means the city of peace. But John MacArthur said, since the city has been established back in David's day, until now, there's not another city on earth that has had more war than Jerusalem. (laughs) Isn't that kind of ironic? But can I tell you, it's going to have peace one day. It's going to have peace one day. When the Prince of Peace comes, there'll be peace in Jerusalem. And that's what David's talking about here is in the end there will be peace, but there's been a lot of fighting since then. Uh, so you say all of these, uh, what, which one of these is, it, you know, can I say it doesn't matter. All of these are referencing God's people going up to meet with God and getting excited because they're going to be where God's at. Amen. And so I think they all make sense. And I think they're all exciting uh, that that, uh, uh, that could be any of these ascending up to where God is at. Now, I want to ask this question this morning. Biblical question. Why did God command a tabernacle to be built? Does anybody know the biblical answer to that? Moses is out way, way, way back. Moses is out and God says, build me a tabernacle. Build me a tabernacle. Why did he do that? It's, it was a tent. You know, we talk a lot about tabernacle, but it was just a tent. It wasn't, it wasn't really anything real super fancy, just a tent. You know why he did that? The Bible tells us clearly. Because God wanted to dwell with man. Isn't that something? The Ark of the Covenant represented, it was just a piece of furniture, it was just a, a big box, if you will. I don't mean to be irreverent, but it was, it was an ark uh, that represented the very presence of God. It was inside the temple, or inside the tabernacle, and God literally said, I want you to have that to, so I can dwell with you. I dwell in the heavens, but I want to come down and dwell with you where you're at, and then you can come to where I am at, and you can say, I'm going to the tabernacle, because that's where God's at, because I want to be with God. 
That's what the tabernacle was for. Now, we, we move a little farther down the line out of David's time, and Solomon comes along, and Solomon says, I will, oh, David said, I want to build a temple. God wouldn't let him. And then his son Solomon builds a temple. The temple in Jerusalem was where the Ark of the Covenant was, which is where God would dwell, which is where people would come to meet with God. If you're following this, was there ever another time when God wanted to dwell with man? It wasn't the tabernacle and it wasn't the temple. It was Jesus Christ. Right? God in heaven, the book of Philippians said that, you know, uh, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he, but he set all those things aside, stepped down off his throne, was robed in humility, came and dwelt as a man, walked upon this earth as a poor man, uh, was crucified upon a cross. Why? Because he wanted to dwell with us. He wanted to be with us. He wanted to spend time with us. And, and he really, what he said was, is as God, I can't really relate to them the way I want, so I need to be a man so I can be among them and dwell with them. Can you imagine sleeping with God? Can you imagine having lunch with God? Can you imagine having God with a physical hand touch your body and heal you? See, he was, he was, he was dwelling among us. And now we come to today, we do not have a tabernacle. We do not have a temple. But we do have Jesus. Amen? And can I tell you that's why we're here? This woman, I, I thought as I, was, as I was sitting there and they were getting ready to sit down and you said, sing Loving My Jesus. I thought, boy, that's perfect. That's perfect, right? I, mean, I think we all love that song. But that's why we're here. Can I tell you, if you're here for another reason, you're here for the wrong reason. The reason we come to church, we're loving our Jesus. And this is a place where we come, uh, that, that we can come together, remind ourselves how great God is, and then worship Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's why we're here. And so th- this, uh, this Old Testament, if you will, uh, way they did things, this Old Testament scripture, it can teach us a lot today. And so uh, the point number one, point number one, excitement over church. Excitement over church. Does anybody think we ought to get excited about going to church? How to get excited about going to church? I'd like to draw you a picture. This really, really blessed me uh, as, as I begin to think about it, contemplate it. But I want to draw you a picture. Uh, there, there were three feasts that God commanded them to to honor every year. Every year they had to, there was a feast of unleavened bread. There was a feast of Pentecost or of harvest. There was a feast of a tabernacle. Every year they had to observe these. Every Jew was required. Every man was required to go up to Jerusalem and and worship God, bring sacrifices for these. Uh, these feasts. Now, if they were living as they should be living and they were reverencing God down throughout the year, God said, now bring up your free will offerings and bring up your sacrifices and bring up your sin offerings. Come to the Jerusalem and worship me. Three times a year, you're required to come. So if you were living right and you're what you were supposed to be and you knew the date was getting close This was a special day to remember how good God was and go where he was at. 
And I can just about imagine some dear old brother who was doing his best to live a righteous life and a holy life and doing what he was supposed to be. And Brother Charles, he began to look at his calendar and he began to say, well, you know what? We only got a week. You know what? We only got three days. You know what? It's coming. And then the, then the sound would come. All of Israel go to Jerusalem. And probably his, uh, his, the heads of his family, the heads of his tribe would say, okay, boys, it's time to pack up. And he'd been anticipating. He'd get his lamb and he'd get his animals and he'd get everything. And he said, I, I'm going where God's at. And he began to get excited. He began to get uh, encouraged because he knew I'm going where God's at. And then can you imagine him going up the hill and beginning to sing these psalms of of uh, the degree of ascent, going up to where God is at. And then someone said, I'm glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. They got excited. Amen. They were thrilled because it's time to go where God's at. Amen. Amen. Now, I think that's pretty interesting. I think that's pretty exciting. I think they anticipated what would happen when they got there. You know, uh, maybe maybe I've been really living for God. Maybe when I give him this offering, when I give him this sacrifice, when I give him this lamb, maybe God will just show up and he'll know how much I love him. And, and he'll show me favor. So. Has anything really changed? If back in the, under the law in, in that day, they were excited to go to the house of the Lord in 2020 on this side of Calvary, when Jesus Christ has come down as a man and died on the cross so I could go to heaven, should I be excited when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord? Should I be excited? Should I be thrilled? Should I, should I just can't wait to get here because I can't wait to be in God's house? I say amen. I say we ought to be excited. And again, I know this year has been challenging. I, I know there's been some who just really could not come to church, and, and, and we, we sympathize with them. Most of you, unless you're really good liars, most of almost everybody in the congregation, when they talk to me, Pastor, I really want to be there. I long to be there. Uh, and, and we've not criticized those who could not be here, if you have legitimate reason. Uh, but, but the point is, you ought to want to be here. You ought to want to be here, right? Can I tell you, when your wannabe stops, we got problems. If you want to be here, you're watching this online, you're at home, you want to be here with all your heart, you want to be here, and you can't be here, praise God, you want to be here. But when your wannabe stops, we got problems. And can I tell you, we can't let our wannabe stop. We've got to want to be in the house of God. And this, and David said here, I got excited. You know, I believe David was an emotional person. I believe he was a, he was kind of one of those that just got excited real easy. You know, he was carrying, bringing the ark into, uh, uh, moving the ark into Jerusalem. And, and the second time when he did it right, and he just began to start dancing. And he just started getting off, he threw off his robe and he started getting, I believe David said, we're going to the house of God. I'm excited. That's what we ought to be. We ought to be excited when we go to the house of the Lord. Get got stirred up thinking about uh, going to the house of the Lord. Now, real quickly, if we look at this psalm, just want to point out to you because I thought this was so fascinating, so very, very uh, uh, interesting. Just in this psalm here, and I would, I would encourage you to go back and read the, the psalms of uh, ascent, psalms one twenty through one thirty four. But just this uh, uh, this one psalm here, as we look at it. We see that throughout this psalm, David's describing how great God is. 
He's describing the things that God has done, how he has taken care of them, how he has brought them into Israel or, or into Jerusalem. I'm sorry, how he has brought all the tribes together, how he has prospered them, how he has blessed them, how he's given peace. He's do you know what that is, church? That is worship. That is worship. He's describing how great God is. And when others hear them describing how great God is, I got to imagine a few of them say, glory, hallelujah. He is a great God. That is worship. That is what it is. And then, and then we see in the Psalms, uh, verse uh, number 6 there, he's, he speaks about praying, praying for the peace in Jerusalem, praying for his other brothers. Uh, uh, mentions it a few times down through there. We have prayer in this psalm. So we have worship and we have prayer. We also see the coming together of the tribes in verse, uh, in verse number four. It says, whether the tribes go up. So all these tribes that were scattered about, maybe they didn't see each other except for on these feast days and, and they would all come together. And now they're, now they're together and they're going up to worship their God. So clearly we see that that is a reference to fellowship. And then we clearly see here, may I remind you that David is a ways back. The Old Testament had not even been written, had not even actually happened yet much of it. But what they did have, uh, was still the word of God and David here is, is referencing the word of God and what God has said he would do uh, and in some of this as we've already said is prophecy that David himself is, is prophesying which is the word of God so in this one little psalm we have uh, um, worship which is telling how great God is we have prayer which is what you do when you come to church we have fellowship which we, which is what we have when we come together and we have the preaching of the word of God can I tell you that's the exact same thing we see in the book of Acts in the Old Testament, they did it. In the New Testament, we did it. We come together to worship our great God, to pray to Him, to be together as a family, and to hear the Word of God. It's not changed. It's not changed. And it was exciting back then. It ought to be exciting today. Amen? And so, I think that we can very easily take this psalm and understand how that today, these things apply to you and I. And I, and I hope that every last person here got up this morning and said, man, I just can't wait to go to church. I hope that, that, I hope that everybody does. I know I was excited to come to church this morning, and, and I was excited to see a lot of you. I know a lot of, a lot of people, again, who would like to be here this morning or, or who haven't been able to come, they long to be here. Praise God. Can I just, talk, can I just stop right here and tell you, if you really desire to be in church, you ought to praise God. Praise God. I want to be there. I long to be there. If you don't have that, it's clearly you are not in a good place with the Lord. But if you have that, you got to say, praise God, I want to go to church. I'm excited to go to church. I long to go to church. And so, so how exciting is it to, to have a desire to go to church? So, so point number two, uh, the, the first point we had was excitement over church. The, sec- the second point we have is the eager attitude, an eager attitude. Now, here's a question for you. I've tried to describe it as best I can, what this Old Testament, uh, this scenario that we have here. And whether they're going up to the temple, if you read about the temple, it was just absolutely an amazing place. And God's presence actually dwelt there. It literally says that the the cloud of his spirit filled the place. It it was a place where God was at. And just imagine the excitement of going up those steps to where God was at. Boy, that'd be exciting. Just imagine being in captivity in another country and being coming back up to where God was at and saying, I can't wait to get back to Jerusalem where God's at. Can just imagine the excitement, just imagine the excitement of, 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 of going up uh, the, the hill to Jerusalem just to where the t- tabernacle was at. does not matter about what it means, but the point is, we're going where God's at. 
Amen. That, and that eager excitement. And the writer David says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. So I got a question. With everything that we've said and everybody knowing how good God is, and even back to this writer, how is it, I'd like to paint you a little picture here. How is it that the feast day has come, it is time for all of Israel to go up and worship the great God. And someone begins to sing the psalm, I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. And how is it then as they begin to continue with the psalm of how great God was, that someone could say, that really just doesn't excite me. That really just doesn't excite me that much. You know, I've heard this song before. I've been to the temple before. It's not really that exciting. Now, I'll be honest. I think about that and I think, how could that happen? How, how, how could you hear that psalm? How could you know you're going to be where God is? How could you know how great God is and not be excited? But how many times you know as you read your Old Testament, there were many times when they didn't even, they didn't even uh, keep the feast, and there were times they kept them, but they did not keep them honoring God. And, and we know that there were times that they went up that they were not excited. I'm quite confident, I would like for you to catch me after church and tell me that I'm wrong, I would love for you to do that, but I'm quite confident that there's not one person here, not one person here, except for maybe the kids, that can say, I have never went to church when I wasn't excited. Always excited. Always just can't wait to get there. I would like to be able to tell you as a pastor that I've never, ever not been excited to come to church. But we all get there sometimes, don't we? We all get there sometimes. And, and this is kind of serious. Can I tell you that sin in your life will make you not want to go to church? The old saying is so very true. The Word of God will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Word of God. That is very, very true. You get sin in your life, and then you come up with all these really convenient excuses not to go to church. Because you just don't want to go. Because you know if you go, God's probably going to start talking to you about your sin. And it's just easier just to stay home. I don't want to go where God's at because I'm not where I need to be with God. Sometimes, we talked about this last week, we can do church as a ritual. You know, I believe that here they had these feasts and they had all these things they were supposed to, you know, sacrifices and different things they were supposed to do. And all this. You got, they, there were times, I believe Isaiah and some of the minor prophets, they begin to say, you're doing these things that God said to do. You're not doing them with your heart. You're not doing it with love. You're just doing it. You know, you can come to church every Sunday. You can put money in the offering. You can sing the songs. You can say amen. You can carry your Bible. You can do all those things. And out of ritual, out of habit, out of duty, you can do it and not be excited about the Lord. But that is not what the Lord wants. He does not want you doing a ritual. He wants you to come here because you love Jesus. You're excited about Jesus. That's why we come to church. And church, we've got to be, listen, it does not matter if there's a pandemic. It does not matter who is in the White House. It does not matter what's going on in our country. It does not matter if we have freedom. It does not matter what comes and what goes. We need to come to the house of the Lord and be excited to be here. Amen. Amen. And may we remind ourselves, may we stick it in the back of our mind, when you lose the excitement to come to church, you better stop and figure out what's going on. 
Because something's done went wrong. But we need an eager attitude. And what I'm trying to show you is, it isn't just the going through the worship and the fellowship and the prayer and the preaching and, and kind of getting that done. It is the attitude of, I want to be in the house of the Lord. And attitude means everything. So, uh, church can be, now how many of you know this? Church can be exactly what it's supposed to be according to the book of acts it can be biblical it can be exactly what it's supposed to be and you can come to church and not enjoy it i'll not ask anybody to amen or or agree with that but i think we've all done that i'll say i've done that because of gary gary got in the way and i didn't enjoy the church service i didn't get anything out of it I go away and say that preacher didn't feed me. I go away and say them singers, they never, they never worship the Lord. I can go away criticizing everything else. The truth is, maybe I should look in the mirror because I may be the one that's keeping me from getting blessed. Amen? But can I just tell you that we're living in serious days? Can, can I just stop here and just rabbit trail just for a second? But Charles, this is serious days. Josh has already told us the end may be near. Literally, the end could be right. It could be today. It could be this week. It could be right upon us. We could be right at the end of time. And can I just tell you, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. If the end doesn't come, we're headed for some rough waters. We're headed to a rough time. Can I tell you, now is the time that we as Christians better be excited to come to church. We better be on fire for God. Can I tell you, the government cannot take away our fire. Uh, the, the virus cannot take away our fire. Uh, nothing can take away our fire. But you can take away your fire. You can get cold and you can go away. And my fear has been through this whole thing. I think this church has been phenomenal. I, I appreciate you guys so much. And you guys have hung tough through some really tough times. And I'm really, really proud of the church. Look behind me and you can see you guys have just been awesome. And God has been so good to us. And we're so thankful for what God has done. But my fear has been through this. If you get, if you start getting cold, it's never good to backslide. Amen. It's never good to backslide. Okay, we all know that. It's never good to grow cold. But can I tell you that today, uh, uh, whatever today is, November the, whatever it is, 23rd, whatever it is of 2020, is a dangerous time to not be on fire for God. Because if you're growing cold and they start saying we will persecute you if you go to church, you're just going to quit. If they start, uh, if the virus gets really bad, you're just, uh, what I'm saying is it won't take much to discourage you. But can I tell you, if you say, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord, and they tell you we're going to lock you up, if you go to church, you're still going to go to church, because you're excited about Jesus. The things of this world will not be able to stop us from worshiping Jesus. Can I tell you, nothing they do can stop us from worshiping Jesus. But here's the dangerous thing. They can't stop us out there, but we can stop us in here. When we get cold, we can stop. All of us have been in church long enough to know that we've had some, we've had a lot of people that have come to this church. Maybe they was on fire for the Lord, did a lot of good things. Different things happen and they just simply don't go to church anymore. That's about as sad as it gets, isn't it? They don't go to church anymore. I don't want to see anybody do that. I don't want to see anybody in this church do that. I don't want to see any of you guys do that. But I'm, I'm just, I want to be encouraging, but I also want to be real. This is a dangerous day to not be excited about the Lord. And if you're not excited about the Lord, you're in a dangerous, dangerous place. Now, I saw this on Facebook. Uh, somebody that I don't even know, probably none of you know, just some, I don't know who it was. Somebody put this on Facebook. 
And I, and I, and I read it myself as a very sincere, genuine question. Just, just a very short post on Facebook. This person wrote this, this, uh, um, question. And, and I'll, I will just take it as sincere. This person said, what do I do when I lose my desire to go to church? Boy, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And you're going to be surprised at your pastor's uh, uh, answer to that. But there were some other probably very well-meaning people who said, oh, just read more. Just pray more. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but my guess is every one of you adults have been there. You ever been in that place where you just were so cold on the Lord? You didn't want to read the Bible. And you didn't want to pray. And you didn't want to go to church. You just got cold. Can I tell you the reason you want to come to church is a relationship. It is a relationship. If you come out of duty, out of ritual, out of any other reason, God's going to get me if I don't. People are going to look down on me if I don't. I got to see all my friends. If you come for any reason, none of that matters. But if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you are close to Jesus Christ and it is real with Jesus Christ, you will want to come to church. It will be a desire to come to church because this is where he's at. And all week long, I want you guys to see this, all week long, I should be uh, in that relationship with Jesus, just me and him. Uh, but Brother Charles, there's something different when I'm with you. There's something different when I'm with my brother and sister. And that is called the church. This is not a Lone Ranger thing. This is a come together thing. And so what it is, is I, I have a relationship with Jesus all week long. But then just like, just like uh, Israel, when they all started coming together, my brothers and sisters start coming into church and we come together and we all start singing, how great is our God? All of a sudden I get stirred uh, because not only is it my relationship, but I'm in a place with a relationship with my brothers and sisters where I can say, God is great. And that is why we ought to be excited to come to church. And, and church, I'm telling you, it is dangerous when we get to that place where we don't desire to come to church. I believe that, um, that, that a person who gets in that condition is, is in a backslidden condition. As sin has come into their life. I believe, first of all, they probably really need to repent and get right with God. Uh, but if, if we're real, real honest, when you get in that state, it's sometimes hard to get out of that state. Your emotions tell you, I've heard the craziest things. I've heard the craziest things come from people, but they get backslidden. They have every excuse in the world not to go to church. It, it doesn't make any sense. They just have excuses not to go. And then when they do go, they criticize everything that goes on there. They don't enjoy church. They don't enjoy, they don't want to come to church. Can I tell you, can I, can I just be real honest? I hope this doesn't apply to not one person here, but, but I, can I just tell everybody here, if you are in that place or if you ever get in that place in the day we're living in, you better run. That is a dangerous place. That is a scary place. That is a place that, that could have tremendous consequences. And like Josh said, have you thought about those around you? Dad, have you thought about if you're not right, you could be damning your kids? Dad, have you thought about you could be damning your grandkids? Dad, Dad, have you thought about the fact of all of the consequences of you not being what you're supposed to be? Mom, have you thought about what you might do to your to your parents? Have you thought about what you might do to your grandbabies? Mom, have you thought about the consequences of your sisters around you? What I'm trying to say is it's not just you. When you grow cold, you drag other people down with you. It's time to be on fire for God. And we all need to say, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. We need to be excited about it. We need to be thrilled about it. We know that we can have problems in life, we can have distractions, we can have disagreements, we can have many things that take away our desire to, to go to church. 
I got this in my notes. You can think about this. You can write it down. You can ponder it. But I really want you to think about this. Everybody here, biblical question. Is it a sin to not be excited to go to church? I think the answer is yes. If you're not excited, I think it's a sin. Now, I wouldn't commit adultery and I wouldn't go get drunk and I never smoke cigarettes and I never do this and I never do that. But I come to church bored out of my mind all the time. Well, maybe you're just as sinful as a person doing those other things. Because we ought to be excited when we come to the house of the Lord. And may I remind you, not only your kids, your grandkids, your wife, and everybody else, but may I remind you that the lost people are watching you, and if you're bored with your Christianity, that tells them they do not want what you have. Amen? So this is a big deal. This is really, really serious. A lot on the line here. So point number three, this is the exciting part for me. Part, point, point number three is entering His presence. Isn't that good? Well, that ought to stir us up. And can I just say, uh, th- th- this is so very clear. In the New Testament, it is not a building. L- look right here. The government may take this away from us. We don't need this. Is anybody with me? Am I all alone here? We don't need this. I, I thank God for our beautiful. It's nice to have air conditioning. It's nice to have heat. It's nice not to be standing out there on that platform with the wind blowing and the rain coming down on us. Amen. It's nice to have a PA system. It's nice to have comfortable seats. It's nice to have a pretty building and a nice bathroom. But can I tell you that God does not change if we don't have any of those things? If we do not have this building, if we do not have freedom, if we're gathering out in a field somewhere, if we're going to someone's house, if we're hiding in someone's basement, wherever we are at, when we as a body, come together that is the church and wherever that is is where Jesus is at and so it is not coming to this location it is coming to where the church is at because that's where Jesus is at and when I come my brothers and sisters I get in the presence of God and that's what ought to excite me and the government can't take that away and the virus can't take that away and nothing can take that away but the scary thing is you can take that away we got to stay on fire for God we got to stay excited for God. We, we've got to realize that this is about Jesus. It's not about, you know, there are all kinds of controversies about the building. But as I read my New Testament, I could be wrong, but as I read it, and I've read it just a couple times, as I read my New Testament, I find no reference in this book, in the New Testament, about, the, about a building. Often they just met outside around some rocks or some grass. Sometimes they go to somebody's house. We'll go to Brother Richard's house. We'll go to Brother Darren's house. We'll just, but there's not any reference. You say there's synagogues. You know, those are for the Jews. Those weren't for the Gentiles. We wouldn't even be invited, right? There was a temple that, that, that is not part of the New Testament church. There's not a record. Am I, am I saying the church doesn't matter? I'm, that's not my point. My point is, let's don't get all caught up in this building. Let's get caught up in each other. But as I have so dogmatically declared so many times, and I will stand boldly this morning and say it, you need the church. You don't need this building. You need the church. You need to be a part of this church. There is a protection. There is a, a security. There is a, a, a uh, encouraging one another. There is a getting one another to realize how great God is. There is a huge benefit to the church, and you need the church. And I just say anybody that's watching this online, anybody anywhere, that you need the church. And every Christian should be a part of a local church because it is God's design. You will never prosper when you are not a part of a, of a local assembly of believers. <clears throat> so in the New Testament, uh, we gather... Uh, um, so let me just draw this here, and I'm just about done. In Israel, the feast day is coming. It's a special day to worship God. And they, and they come, and they 
they come with excitement and they're glad to go into the house of the Lord and they sing these psalms, get something. But can I tell you, today is a special day to come to the house of the Lord. We, I hope all down through the week you were thinking about it. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Wednesday's coming. I can't wait for it to get here. Thursday's here. Friday's here. I can't wait for you to, and Sunday finally comes and I'm going to the house of the Lord. It's a special day set aside for a special reason to come into the presence of the Lord. And I am excited when they say, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's, it's the New Testament way. And so we can dwell on the obstacles. We can dwell on the problems we've had this year. We can dwell on um, things not going as planned. We can, we can dwell on a lot of things. But you know what we could dwell on? The same Jesus we had at the beginning of this year, we still got that same Jesus today. He's not one bit uh, weaker. He's not let us down. He never changes. And can I just say, I have no idea what 2021 will hold, but can I just promise you this? If the Lord doesn't return, He's going to be just the same at the end of 2021 as He is right now. He's not going to let us down. He's not going to fail us. And can I just tell you, if we'll stick together and we'll be excited to come to church, God will take care of us. Amen? Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you have been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together enliven each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content and programming provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages by visiting our website at www.sandhillfwb.com.